are. Okay, so I'm going to share some mental health tips for the holidays. More like maybe good reminders for us this time of year. So you don't lose your shit while trying to juggle buying presents and working a job and getting dinner prepared and caring for your loved one with a mental illness. Yes, that's the hook. My name's April Norris. I created a podcast called Of Course They Make Me Crazy. It is for those of us who care and love and live with someone with a mental illness. Um, And it can get tricky this time of year for us. But You know, for many of us, we're excited about the holidays, right? The New Year's celebrations, a lot of you are probably getting all gussied up. You got your outfits, you're going to go to parties, maybe have people over because we couldn't do that last year because of COVID. But it can get tricky, really tricky. And, you know, even cringeworthy. Yeah, some of you might be thinking, oh, damn. God, the family's getting back together again. Uncle Freaky Freddy's coming over. God, he's gross. I know he's going to get drunk and say stupid shit. Now I don't want to do this. Or then you might be thinking, hey, I'm excited to see my cousins. Whatever your thought process is, it can just get a little tricky, right? Um, And there's a lot of emotions. And it can get even trickier when you live with someone with a mental illness. A lot of emotions floating around. You know, some great, like, pretty little snowflakes. You know, you're all curled up on the couch. You got your flannel, and you got your blanket, and maybe you have a fire going. You got your fluffy slippers and a hot cocoa or a glass of red wine. And you got all the feels, like looking at your Christmas tree, and it's just sparkling, and you're thinking, oh, this is so lovely. But then those snowflakes fluttering around can turn into a damn blizzard. A shit storm. (laughs) Uh, Because those living with a mental illness, they tend to be on pins and needles, more so during the holidays. And that hustle and bustle can trigger those living with bipolar, schizophrenia, and depression, just to name a few. You know, many of you already know I grew up with a bipolar mom addicted to pain pills, which is why I created the podcast. Um... And God, you know, this woman loved Christmas and this time of year is kind of bittersweet for me because I have such amazing memories of her and then I'll have some shitty ones too. (laughs) But Christmas was like her thing and when I was younger, she made it so special. She would put the tree up early like really early, like right before Thanksgiving, of course, because when everybody would come over for Thanksgiving, you wanted it to look pretty. Um, And it was decorated like something you would see in a Christmas Hallmark movie. Do you love those as much as I do, by the way? God, I love those. I mean, I could spend like all Sunday just binging on those things. But, um, you know, all of us kids, she was just so very thoughtful. All of us kids had the same number of gifts to open. Anyone that was coming over had a gift under the tree Um, Our presents, God, those things look like they were professionally wrapped. I mean, she put detail into everything she did. And she beamed while doing it. She beamed while baking and decorating cookies with us. I mean, it was just, it was an amazing time. But then as she got sicker uh, and the bipolar really started to kick in, that holiday sparkle that she held dulled. It dulled. And our family tree, 
the full family tree that she put so much pride in was then replaced by a tiny one probably bought it at walmart like i mean just one of those tiny like plastic ones that don't even look real they look like they are fake okay like twenty dollars <laughs> and it was replaced with that because she just didn't have the energy you know to decorate a big full tree anymore and the worst part is is that she would become manic uh, anticipating all of us kids coming home for the holidays. Of course, we're older now, and that's when that started to happen. I mean, she wouldn't sleep for days, you guys, like days. And I don't even know why she would get manic. It's not like, you know, we had a family where like, you know, freaky Uncle Fred would come over and he would like wreak havoc on the family. And, you know, we, we thought maybe, oh, God, there's going to be a blowout. No, our family wasn't like that. We didn't have anybody, you know, that we cringed over. Um, so I don't know why she would get manic. It's just her bipolar, you know, and it's what happens. And so she would go manic. She wouldn't sleep for days. And then when we got there, she would crash. She would just crash and then she would sleep. One year, that woman locked herself upstairs in the bedroom and she did not come out at all for Christmas. Did not come out except to give us a kiss goodbye. So we got that. And, you know, my brother and I, we drove from out of state to come in for the holidays. Um, I mean, it was so ridiculous that my dad had to go upstairs and, and basically put a plate of food on the floor. It was like feeding a polar bear, okay? It was like he placed the plate of food on the floor and quickly shut the door so he wouldn't get growled at <laughs> or grabbed, you know, because she wanted more medication, more pills. Um, that was a way that, you know, she could trap him in the bedroom and say, give me my damn pills, you know, because he was away from the family. So he was smart about that. <laughs> he knew how to, he knew how to handle that. But um, it was confusing for me because, you know, I had conversations with her that holiday leading up to that Christmas on the phone. And, you know, she always sounded so joyful. Uh, I thought, God, it's great. Mom, you know, it sounds really good. Um, she sounds alert. She seems excited that we're all coming. And she might just get her Christmas spirit back after all. And I certainly held on hope for that. I mean, I, I really did. And though, you know, to, to make matters worse, because her nerves were on edge, because she was so on edge, um, she took more medication, you know, thinking that would help. And I don't know if she took more medication thinking it would help or if she just took more medication to cope, you know, and uh, that became an issue, it became an issue between her and my dad, and it became a fight, um, and it's a fight because if she takes it all, you know, she's slurring her words, doesn't make any sense, um, and then she doesn't have anything for the future, right? So then she's screwed. And then that puts her in a whole nother state of mind. So it's just not a good situation. So, you know, it's like, ugh, Mary up and Christmas to us, you know? So we did have that, um, when she got sicker, you know, but, um, and just to back up how they do get on pins and needles, you know, more so during the holidays, um, 
a National Alliance on Mental Illness study came out, and it shows that 64% of people with a mental illness report that the holidays make their condition worse. And I'm like, bingo, I get it, because I saw it firsthand in my house. Not every year, but at the tail end, a lot, pretty much every year. So, um, and you know, do you know that one in 25 Americans lives with a serious mental illness? Think about that. That's a lot. And so if you think about that, that means that there is tons of stress being added on family and friends, many more people down to the damn dog, the family dog. (laughs) So we need each other. We need to support each other and stay mentally healthy ourselves, you know, during this time. Um, especially for them, for our loved ones, right? We just have to remind ourselves that they're more emotional, you're more emotional, um, you know, you're busy, and we just have to take a deep breath and remind ourselves of things. So let's get into these tips, these reminders that I want to tell you, okay? With jingle bells on, let's go. All right, so... Number one, my, my reminder for you is they don't intend to hurt you, even though it feels like it. Now, every situation is different. So you might be thinking, oh, that's not true, April. I mean, I am in a physical, you know, abusive relationship. And uh, if that's the case, I am so sorry. And you know that you need to seek help and get out of that situation. Um, that is not who I'm addressing. I'm addressing those that know that they are saying mean things, um, to get a rise out of you, that they're being, they're cutting you down, you know, they're, uh, you can never do anything good, um, good enough. Their sickness is your fault. It's your fault that I'm like this. Um, They say that stuff and they say it, but they don't intend to hurt us. And we have to remember, we all have emotions, right? But theirs are on a whole nother spectrum. You know, did my mom not coming out of the bedroom because she, you know, for Christmas, because she hates us kids and she wanted to make us feel unloved? No, no. She didn't do that because of that. Did it feel like it? Yes, it felt like it. But we should remind ourselves that they're experiencing extreme mood disorders. I mean, extreme. You know, they're struggling with themselves more than you are, okay? Um, They're struggling more with themselves than they are with you. That's what I'm trying to say. Um... You know, they live in fear because, you know, no one wants to live with a mental illness. They live in fear, wondering if they're ever going to get better. And I know, I know that you live in fear too because you worry about your loved one. I get it. I did it too. And still do. And um, with other family members, not so much mom because she passed away. But, you know, they have a lot of feelings wrapped around guilt, shame, 
hopelessness, and it's not easy for any of us. And we just have to take that into account. We have to apply, maybe think about this, apply that old saying that works, I think, so well for this is that hurt people hurt people. And we have to remember that maybe they're doing the best they can in that moment, even though they seem evil. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But they're doing the best that they can in that moment. You know, kind of chew on it. You might agree with me, you might not, but maybe use that. Maybe that'll be, you know, a calming effect for you. You got to be careful, number two, of who comes around and set boundaries, even if they're family. Okay, so get this. Okay, so for those of you who've been listening to this podcast a while, you heard me talk about my grandma. But this is a tough one. Number two is a tough one. Okay, so my grandma was my mom's best friend. My best friend, too. I loved my grams. Um, my grandma died six years ago, and my mom died a year after her. And it's my belief that my mom couldn't live without my grandma. Um, but, and she died like of a broken heart. Um, but those women, they were double trouble, especially during the holidays. So my grandma would come and stay like for a week, okay? Like she'd come like three days before the holiday, maybe stay four days later. Great, right? Who doesn't love a visit from grandma? We used to sing, Grandma got ran over by <laughs> Just a teaser. Um, but uh, she'd be like, why do you want your grandma to die? <laughs> but uh, kind of sick humor, uh, thinking now that she did pass. But um, anywho, moving on. Um, Mom knew that grandma had the goods, okay? And what I mean by that is she had the good pills, Okay. And so when grandma would fall asleep, mom would go in there like a little elf, sneak into grandma's purse, pull out some pills, pop them in her stocking for later. And she would steal them. And it just became an issue. It became an issue. You know, mom was more, you know, groggy and she would, you know, she just wouldn't, you know, want, there was a time where she like had to crawl to the bathroom Um, because she was just so inebriated. Um, Now, my grandma was not diagnosed with bipolar disorder. My grandma had other issues. And a lot of it stems from, I don't know what it stems from, but they had this doctor. It was the family doctor, small town doctor in Clyde, Ohio. He was actually uh, the doctor that delivered me. But I like to refer to him as Dr. Feelgood because... You know, back in the day, you know, the pharmacies were or pharmaceutical companies were coming in, supplying a shit ton of medications to these small town doctors, and they were pushing them out to their patients. So mom and grandma were getting anything that they wanted, uppers, downers, you know, the whole gamut of stuff. And it's my opinion that he became their drug dealer and um, and didn't help matters. But anywho, so grandma always had some fun pills that mom wanted. Now, um, setting boundaries took us years to do, guys. Okay, it took us years. And, And what I mean by that is finally, to my dad's credit, he put his foot down, only letting my grandma stay a night or two. 
Now, that didn't go over without a fight at first. I mean, you know, but things settled and everyone knew it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, grandma still got to come over and visit for Christmas. Um, you know, mom wasn't able to steal from her and everyone walked away happier and it was a good decision. You gotta be careful who comes around and if they have to set boundaries, no matter how hard it is. Again, it took us years, but don't let it, it take you years, okay? I mean, that's a huge one. Um, and number three, it's not what happens, but it's how you respond, right? So I know that you're like, oh, April heard this shit before, but let's think about this. You know, God, there's probably a lot of deep breathing going on in your house around this time of year. And I'm not talking about the fun, sexy kind. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about the God, give me strength. F my life. They drive me crazy. Da da da. Whatever you have to say, deep breaths, get it out. Just don't get it out to them. Okay. So because you don't want to rile them up. But there are so many times that we wish we could hurt them back, right? I mean, um, there are days, man, I would felt like I could cold cock my mom. And I would never do that. I love my mom. And, um, but God knows that, uh, you know, from my toes to my ears, I wanted to some days. But where would that get any of us? It wouldn't get us anywhere. A big blowout fight. Yeah, dodging Christmas tree balls and worse, those, you know, pointy plastic icicles. We don't want that, right? So there's this doctor um, by the name of Dr. Casey Delmara. She calls herself the mental health hacker. I've had her on my podcast a couple of times, but um, she broke it down and she says, you know, we have to have our response and a responsibility. And she explained the word responsibility is broken up into two things. We can choose our own response and we can choose our own response to how they're affecting us. Um, and so we don't want to choose the one on how they're affecting us, right? We don't want to fan those flames no matter how heated you are. Things will cool off quicker if you don't go there. So if you're being responsible for your response, think about that. I need to be responsible with my response. <sighs> yes. And for God's sakes, number four, I think I said that was number three. I'm pretty sure. Number four, stop feeling guilty. Their illness is not your fault. And man, I lived with this for years. I felt guilty all the time. And, you know, I know that they hold guilt um, and shame for some of the things that they do, some of the things that their mental illness uh, causes them to do, right? And, but we feel guilty um, just because sometimes we feel guilty because we can't make it better. I recently joined a bipolar family support group on Facebook, um, and a woman posted something that I thought was perfect and to the point. She called it the four C's. This is what it is. I can't control it. I didn't cause it. I can't cure it. All I can do is cope with it. 
and that's if you're willing to cope with it. Um, so I hope you have a lovely holiday. And if you have a story, you have an insight, please share it with me. Reach out. You can email me. Of course, they make me crazy at gmail.com.